come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good girl's guide to horror. I am your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Ryan. I'm your polter guide, Mac. I'm your polter guide, Adrian, and I feel like I just want to let everybody know that we're filming this. We're filming. We're <laughs> recording this the day of daylight savings time starting. So, so Adrian needs to sit up so she's closer to the uh, mic. We this. came forward in time for you, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> can't right now, gang. I can't. I don't know tech stuff. Except for the specs on the Terminator, which I just recited to you. I didn't build the fucking thing! <laughs> He's been a long time on those tech stats, yeah. though. Like, I was like, I wouldn't even... To be only able... 15 seconds later say, I don't know tech stuff. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I don't know tech stuff, and if somebody asked me what kind of computer I have, I'd be like, I don't know, it glows really cool colors, and uh, my husband built it. But I would not be like, it's got a quad-core processor with uh, 86 megahertz blah 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 and 16 gig RAM. I mean, some of that is true. I don't know which parts. Says plasma rifle. <laughs> Just what you see, pal. Just what you see, pal. <laughs> anyway, if you can't have it figured out by our little uh, tangents, we we watched Mac and Me. <laughs> <laughs> We watched the 1984 classic Terminator, or The Terminator. Uh, for those of you who apparently aren't friends with Donna or myself, <laughs> or mainly alive Donna, in any way, or alive in any way, that don't know what it is about, uh, our good, good buddies at IMDb. Uh, uh-huh. The movie is the story of 30-year-old virgin Kyle Reese finally getting it over with. <laughs> or Sarah Connor going on a blind date that goes, okay. <laughs> I can't look at Mac right now at this very moment. Uh, IMDb is definitely going to disagree with you. They uh, don't lies. <laughs> According to them, a seemingly indestructible android is sent from 2029 to 1984 to assassinate a waitress whose unborn son will lead humanity in a war against the machines while a soldier from that war is sent to protect her at all cost. Android? He's definitely yeah, a cyborg. Yeah. Dennis Mine was way more accurate. There was there was no factual errors in anything I said. <laughs> So I guess um, before we deep dive into it, let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Donna? Oh, boy. I love this movie so much. That's just, that's that's all I have to say. I love this movie so much. I love it. Um, and my wife, who had not seen it before, also loved it. All right. It's good. It's a good movie. Before I answer this question, Donna, I want you to remember that I got you coffee this morning. <laughs> Uh-oh. Adrian I, hates I hate this movie. things everyone likes. <laughs> <laughs> how? Uh, I have an entire page of notes on how. Okay. We'll get there. <sighs> <sighs> well, I, I that's love the end this. of the show. Yeah. It, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> I love this. shot, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. Uh, I've always loved this movie as long as I can remember. And... It's Cameron, so I'm always down. And let's get into it, gang. 
I never liked this movie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think I watched Terminator 2 strictly for Eddie Furlong. As most girls did because, at that age. Yeah, yeah, because in the early 90s, that's what we all did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, um, I, I, I love and respect Donna very much. I do love this, the tank crushing the skulls. That's a good opening. That, that yeah. is a fantastic opening because your first impression is that it's rolling over rocks. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of slowly see what it's actually rolling over. And it's very emotionally impactful as that, as that tread just rolls over the skulls. See, I wouldn't call it emotionally impactful. I thought, man, that's cool. <laughs> okay. I looked at a lot of heavy metal covers growing up. So okay. I was just like, that's cool. That's some cannibal corpse shit. Or, yeah. I want to mention that Linda Hamilton has third billing. And that irritated me. Yeah. Oh, that seems perfectly reasonable for me because Sarah Connor's a fucking afterthought in this movie. Oh, uh, no. Okay. We're going to. Th- the fight's starting now. This yeah. movie is fucking about Sarah Connor. This movie is Sarah. The entire Terminator seep. The entire Terminator. Mm. You have riled Donna <laughs> up. You have broken me. The Did entire Donna say Seminator. That was really close. Really close. <laughs> because not the wrong title for the movie. <laughs> I'm trying to get a clean edit, you guys. <laughs> no, you can't take this out. Oh, I'm, mm, no. <laughs> the entire Terminator series is about Sarah Connor. It is Sarah Connor's art. Yes. I mean. Terminator. What's the fourth one I'm thinking of? Oh, uh, that's Salvation. Salvation, yeah, yeah, is not about Sarah Connor at all. That's all. That that's the only caveat I put on there. Listen, I do acknowledge that those two movies exist. God, but they're not Terminator movies. They're Despite something else. Despite the first word in the title being, it's like Terminator? it's like Alien Covenant and Prometheus are movies set in the alien world, but they're not. So you're saying the Terminator movies really only two movies? Yes. I, uh, with those that. two movies, I will agree are about Sarah Connor. Okay. okay. Still disagree. See, I think you can be wrong. I think this is her origin story. I think because you do get that change of Sarah, you see how she starts out from a 19 year old college student. To, well, shit's got real. Like, I mean, it, it is a progression, and you do see it, and it feels natural. It's the, Disagree. Even in the most reductive way, I mean, she's the MacGuffin, to be sure. So Yes. I'm saying, in the most reductive possible way. But to say that she's an afterthought is way too far. Disagree. Uh, uh, Would anybody like to hear my reason why? No. All right, go ahead. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. As long as you agree to stop saying disagree after everything anybody else says. Disagree. Disagree. (laughs) Uh, I I, I can't promise you that, Donna. Okay. Um, She is forced to deliver the line, the women in your time. What are they like? Okay, that's a bad line, I grant you. It's a bad line among other bad things, Donna. Um, she delivers that line, and then she, like, then when Reese is like, first of all, this is a poorly placed fucking sex scene. <laughs> like, and in many, many movies, they have their poorly placed sex scene, and this is it. And then Reese implies that he's a virgin. When you say sh- poorly placed, you mean in the context of the story? Yes. Not staged. No, I mean, it's fine being in the hotel room. That's, yeah. that's as good a place as any. I just mean, like, 
I'm running for my life and you've just told me a whole bunch of shit that's honestly fucking batshit. But yeah, let's fuck. But also, not let, not just let's fuck, but, oh, you're a virgin? She literally says, I'm sorry. <laughs> she literally fucking apologizes to Reese. I'm sorry, I'm just petting you now, Kinsey. It's all right. It's she all literally right. apologizes to Reese for him being a virgin and then gives him the healing vagina to help him on his path. Um, I'll just she say I... horribly. I'll just say I didn't interpret it that way, but go ahead. That's fine. Um, she does... The, the other reason that this sex scene is poorly placed is because they're building these, these bombs, these pipe bombs, and she doesn't like it. Like, my husband, who was, like I said, in the room but not watching the movie, remembered her enjoying building the pipe bombs, and that's why she had sex with Reese. But she makes a disgusted face whenever he says to her... You're doing good. Keep doing that. I'm going to go work on the fuses. Like, she's she's like, I don't want to keep working on this, but okay. And then she still fucks him. She doesn't like any of the stuff that's happening, but she still fucks him for no good goddamn reason other than Linda Hamilton has great tits. Which she does. Um, Reese is fucking weird. He is hot and intense, but he does not say things that a woman should want to hear the person she's going to fuck say. Like, he is obsessed with her before they start. It is creepy and weird, and if she were actually written by a female anything, she would be like, okay, dude, I'm going to follow you because you're protecting me, but let's set up some boundaries and barriers because you're freaking me out. But then John Connor wouldn't exist in the whole movie. I know, I know. But that's exactly what I'm saying, is that she's not a character in this movie. She is the MacGuffin. She could be replaced by anything, and it would not really change the movie. She could be replaced by a self-driving car. Uh, I'm going to opposite of agree (laughs) (laughs) with, with you because... I agree, agree with you to a point, because like I said, you could view her as the MacGuffin of the movie, but her character is the one character that goes through any sort of change in the hero, in the classically heroic way. She's the only one that's, aside from being dead, different at the end of the movie. Sure. She also spends a lot of fucking time crying and going, oh no! She doesn't, though. She does. She doesn't. She does. She, mm. she is... In control. Okay, I have an entire list uh, because a friend who will rename, remain nameless. I was going to call him out, but then I decided that I love him and I'm not going to. So you know who you are, and I love you. Um, once described her as crying and screaming and carrying on. I think if two people are saying that Donna, there might be something just to. From the beginning, in the garage at the apartment, she's displaying situational awareness. Okay, she is aware that something is wrong in that garage. What's wrong is Kyle is there watching her. But she she looks around. She is clearly aware that something is wrong in the garage before anything has gone wrong. Um, when she goes in the bar and they're wanting to turn off the TV, she takes charge and she does not let them turn off the TV. Um when she's walking down the street, she notices Kyle, who is doing a pretty good job of hiding, and she notices him. Um, when she knows that she's in trouble, she aggressively pursues help. She 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 goes into that bar. Uh, she she calls. She calls and she keeps calling until she gets help. Um, 
At no point does she scream or cry until the Terminator actually gets his hand on her. And I think that's actually a pretty good place to start screaming is when a Terminator has his hand on you. Um, she bit Kyle Reese hard enough to draw blood. And she had pretty good reason to be afraid of him at that point. And she bit him hard enough that she had blood on her face after she bit him. You see her teeth imprints on his hand. There's a yeah. shot later on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a, it's gnarly. Then he had her driving the car, which she did. I mean, she took over and she was driving the car while he's fucking shooting people. And as they're coming towards the wall, she... She acted to both get him in the car and to get the car stopped before they died. Um, Kyle tried to get out of the car with a weapon, and she fought him to keep him from getting out of the car with a weapon. Um, when the Terminator attacks the police station, Trexler instructs her to stay here, and instead she took it upon herself to find a place to hide. Um, when Kyle is incapacitated, she took the Terminator out. She, well, I mean, took him out in the sense that he gets back up again and again and again. But Kyle is incapacitated, and she knocks the uh, Terminator into the into the wall with the truck. Um, and after the gas truck explodes, she has clearly taken charge. And I realize I just went through Sarah Connor's arc, but. Um, my my point would be there is never a point that Sarah is not tough and competent. There is a point that Sarah has not had the um, except when she's a waitress. She seems a little ill okay. She is not a competent waitress. I will grant you that. Having I mean, um, been a waitress, that scene was a little bit bananas. I like when she was yeah. like, "But who had the this?" I'm like, "That's not what you say, Sarah." <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, Sarah was always tough and competent. And I'm no, I will fight you. She was not screaming. She was not crying. I want to fight you because you'll win. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Sarah was a tough character, a tough and competent character from the beginning. And when she was put under pressure is when she hardened and became um, the leader that Kyle always told her she was. Well, and keep in mind, Sarah is supposed to be 19 in this film. She's 19. Uh, also, this film... Buffy's 15. Yeah. And that's what... Yeah. It's still, you're young. And she is... And this film is also, besides written by Cameron, it's also written by a woman. Gail Ann Hurd is credited with writing it. Gunner Gail, she, she writes some good stuff. Uh, not the women in your time. What are they like? Okay. We have all no conceded that line. That yeah, yeah. But that's a big part of it. And she does, like, she does spend a lot of time crying. She spends a lot of time being grabbed. She spends a lot of time being grabbed and taken places by people. And yeah, she fights back to a certain extent. And I'm not saying that she's not, like, a cool female character for the time. But I don't feel that she is what I, like, like I said before, Terminator was never my movie. When does she cry? Tell me a time she cries. Um, from the point after the Terminator grabs her to every scene that follows. No. No. She has tears in her eyes for the whole movie. No. So, yes. And no. even if she did, it seems like a very human reaction if the death robot killed your roommates. She cried. Her best friend got killed, and she, that, was, that was the first scene she Her best friend after. got killed after she, like, she has had all day to know that something's going on. They go home, they're listening to their... They, they don't... She doesn't... Like, she calls her roommate, yes. But she doesn't... I'm feeling a little bit hostile at this table, you guys. 
<laughs> she cries when she finds out that her roommate and what's his name are dead. And she spends most of the movie with tears in her eyes. I just don't know that I blame her for that. I'm not saying I blame her, but the thing is, like, this this wouldn't happen to another. This wouldn't happen to a male character. She she is written in the way that female characters often get written. Or is she written like a final girl? I said what I said. No, 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 no. Hear me out here. So take away the time travel, take away the robot aspect. <clears throat> Terminator is a slasher film. You have got Final Girl, you've got the Unstoppable Maniac. The only difference is Sarah has sex and she survives. And she, so she breaks that trope and the Unstoppable mach- Killing Machine, instead of using knives, is using guns. It's a slasher film. At its core. And she is... But here's the other thing. One of my notes is, is this horror? Because I don't think this is a horror movie. I think if you take... You take the, the time travel and the cyborg out, it's... It's... it's <laughs> take the time travel and the cyborg out, it's a... It's a pretty dull movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is a slasher <laughs> film. The cyborg are the things that you're watching this yeah. movie for. But it's still a slasher the film. The title of the film would be... <laughs> <laughs> um, I have heard it described as, as a slasher film. Uh-huh. At, at, at its core. It's built very similarly to yeah. the slasher movie. Stephen Graham Jones in uh, The Last Final Girl called it a slasher without a knife. Describe Alien the same way. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I think that's, yeah. Um, I want to move to a different topic so we can all become a little happier and remember we all love each other. Um, oh, I had another complaint about that, actually. About everyone loving each other? She, no. In the scene when she's, like, bandaging him up, she's just its mysteriously good at field bandages. Um, and she tells him to talk, but the last time he talked to her, she yelled at him and got angry. And now she just wants him to talk to her again. And then she gets angry at him. And then yeah. she gets angry. I'm like, why the fuck would Reese <laughs> want to talk to you? Um, the music... In this movie, I just... I love it. I just... I love the movie so much. I love... Um, the the Terminator theme has the same feel as Jaws. I mean, you could almost you could almost do that whole da dum da dum with it. And the love theme, I'm I'm reminded of when we did Fright Night, and you told me that the same dude mm-hmm. because those two love themes have yeah. similarity. Brad Fidel, baby. Yep. He doesn't do any more scores. Yeah. Really? He hasn't done a score. I think I want to say since. Terminator 2, I could be wrong on that. Hmm. He's been just out of the game for a long, long time. Something else I love from the beginning is we get... okay, And young Arnold... Young Arnold is just amazingly smooth. Everything on him is just smooth. Like a robot. <laughs> or as, or as, Kyle, as Kyle says in one scene, a robot. <laughs> There's one where he's yelling at it. He's like, it's not a robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I completely have missed Sorry, him saying the robot, but that makes I me I think laugh. it's because um, his skin is taut. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's stretched over, over all those muscles. But then we see young Michael Bain show up. Bean. Bean. Young Michael Bean show up. And... You know he's he's a slender guy, but after we just saw naked Arnold, he looks so small. He looks so small against Arnold that you're like, how could this guy do anything? 
I'd also like to point out, Arnold was 37 when this was filmed, mm. and Michael Bean was, I think, 28. 27. Him 27. and Linda Hamilton both were 27. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fidel's last movie, last big movie is John Mnemonic. Really? Yeah. That makes sense with what Johnny Mnemonic yeah. is and kind of how his score goes. Uh, Arnold has only 14 lines in this film. Yeah, that follows. I also don't like the score of this movie. I like the theme, like the little riffs, like, mm-hmm. the, but then the music goes on, and I'm just annoyed by it. Back to the Arnold of the wall. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like uh, Cameron's first choice for the role was Lance Henriksen, who plays one of the cops. No. Oh my god! Dies off screen. Dies off screen. Very big actor to just die yeah. off <laughs> screen mm-hmm. like he did. And then in the middle of it, when they said no to Lance Henriksen, they hadn't quite gotten to Arnold yet. The other choice was, wait for it. Oh, I know. It's all awful. No, O.J. Simpson. Oh, God! Oh, God! Wait, wait, wait. I need all the laughter to end because the joke's not over yet. Oh, no. Cameron said no. Why, survey says, bing! He wasn't believable as a murderer. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. But Arnold wanted to... Arnold came in to read for Reese. Yes. And Cameron was like, that's a lot for you to say, big guy. So... I saw Hercules Goes Bananas, and you're not ready for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very good role for Arnold at that point. Because he's not delivering lines the best. But But he has such presence. Yeah, he has a great presence and just great, like... Just having the ability to... All we need you to do is not react to things. Well, just keep a straight face and, and just his, be looking everywhere. Yeah, yeah. like that's the... Like a shark. And I think his discomfort with English is actually a benefit in this because all of his lines come off awkward and stilted and it's perfect for this. Yes. This is an example of like good casting elevating an actor who might not be ready. And right. he does yeah. turn into a good actor. He's yeah. a great actor. He's a great movie star. Yeah, that's a... Yeah. I just remember Commando. Remember when I promised I'd kill you last? I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he has more lines in Conan the Barbarian than he does in this. <laughs> and he doesn't say a lot in Conan. At all. <laughs> I'm just remembering lines from Conan. It's, it's, um, not Destroyer. Right, no, I don't yeah, know. okay. Yeah. One thing I really appreciate is in early early Terminator, and we're going to discuss what would have happened after, but in, in the early parts of this movie, he doesn't kill anybody. He doesn't commit any acts of violence that he doesn't have to. Oh, he's very efficient. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Like, like when he walked up to them and he said, your clothes, give them to me. If right. they had just stripped down and given him their clothes... They would have walked away. Yeah, but Bill Paxton was one of those, and he's, he's he had a smart mouth yes, anyway. Bill you, Paxton. I was so excited to see him. It made me happy. Listen, those punks were definitely on, that was the 80s, probably crack, not heroin. Their clothes did not fit Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> There's no way that he managed to squeeze into a scrawny little druggie's clothes. Early 80s LA might have been heroin, but they'd had to have like a movie star friend to get it for them. Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were too up to be on heroin. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Could that's be a speedball. That's how blue she died. 
Mm-hmm. That's how River go way, way up, you go way, way down, and then you don't come back up. Speaking of that, what about our hero taking the pants of a homeless man? He had a second pair, man. <laughs> he had a second pair. He's homeless. I don't know if he did. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Because of that, I go through this whole movie thinking about how bad those pants must smell. Yeah. Yeah. Bean does not smell pretty. (laughs) Which, again, you know, begs the question how, why he lost his virginity that night. (laughs) He did not take it. She took a shower. And then she fucked him. Yeah. And he has not taken a shower. And he smelled like homeless man pants. Girl, girl, wash his penis before you put that in you. They, they may they may have bathed. There may have been some bathing involved. It was all off screen if it was. Yeah. Why would you put that off screen? Why would you, why would you have, have a movie with Michael Bean if you didn't have him in the shower? <laughs> uh, podcast audience, Max said that, not Kenzie. <laughs> I was reading the room. Have you, have you ever shared your story of meeting Michael Bean on the podcast? Not on the podcast. Um, so... Uh, a couple years, more than a couple years ago. Is, is he tied up in your basement right now? No, he is not. Okay, no, true. he is not. No longer. No, he is not. <laughs> so, um, go down. My husband and I go down to Texas Frightmare, and that's the whole reason we're going. He's there, and I'm like, this is a bucket list. And my husband's like, cool, because I like because my husband loves Terminator. Terminator is his film, and we're in line, and I kind of start having a panic attack. Like, I'm like, oh, shit, this is happening. This is real. Um, and I look over at Billy, and I'm like, am I chewing my gum too loud? I feel like I'm chewing my gum too loud. Is it too loud? It's too loud. And he is dying. Like, and so we get up in line, and... Spit out your gum, Kinsey. I think I swallowed my gum in line. <laughs> Spits it right at the wrong face. Yeah. Lands right on Bean's forehead. Yeah. And his wife is the one taking the money, handling that... And the guy before us picks uh, an alien's picture for him to sign, which I'm like, yeah, that's what Kinsey's getting signed. (laughs) And and he makes a comment to the guy. He's like, oh, I remember. I don't remember when my arms were that big. You know, (laughs) my husband, love of my life, who I cherish and adore, says just loud enough for his wife and me to hear. Kinsey remembers when your arms were that (laughs) size. (laughs) And I'm just like. All color goes away from my face. Thank goodness she started laughing. And then we're like, okay, she's not going to kill me. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. I just want to share this signed picture I found of Michael Bean where it looks like his autograph is a crown on Linda Hamilton's head. <laughs> and a halo. Yeah. He came back in time for her. For her. Yeah. Yeah. Side Signed, note. sealed, and delivered. I'm Side save note. this so we can post it to our Instagram. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Save it for Debbie. Uh, side note, though, he is super nice to meet, and if you do get a chance, very nice, very. Because uh, Billy had a Terminator picture signed, so he actually was telling Billy some things. He's like, "Yeah, the picture we used it was actually kind of a rehearsal shot here, because you can see uh, Linda and Cameron in the background sitting on chairs, where and it's from the Tech Noir scene. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. So yeah, side note, if you get the chance, highly recommend it. Um, you can chew your gum too loud, it'll be fine. And he'll be okay with it. Yeah. He'll be okay with it. Just um, brief your spouse beforehand. Go ahead, Brian, you look like you have something to say. I love the techno-noir scene. Only yes! because the club is the genre of the movie. The yeah. club yeah. name. And I think like that I think the beginning of the screenplay is tight as fuck. 
Um, I think the I think Galen Hurd wrote the opening. Um, I think that's why the dialogue of the women seems more true to life. Like Linda Hamilton playing with the thing outside, guard it for me, big buns kind of stuff. I think it gives her a lot of personality. And I think James Cameron takes over the writing for the sex scene. And I think that's why it feels so weird and off. I'll agree with you. Yeah, no, I like, yeah, the technoir, I love, because Cameron coined that term. He's like, yeah, my film and Blade Runner, that's what this is. It's technoir and... I would have been very annoyed by that club if it existed in real life. I would have wanted to go home five yeah. minutes in. If you want to go home from everything five minutes in. That's true. <laughs> but there, especially that. Are there clubs you would like to go to? No, that's an excellent question. <laughs> fair, fair. No, there aren't. <laughs> and I think the the answering machine message, talking about just how tight the script is early on, is the ha-ha-ha fooled you, you're talking to a machine, is just such a good way to like tip the viewer off that something weird is going on without actually saying it. Like sure. a really good weird tip off. Well, and I, I like... I like the way that the machine plays into the later movies, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you have Linda Hamilton's voice, you have Sarah's voice, literally saying, but it's okay, machines deserve love, too. That's yeah. her and roommate, actually. Is it the roommate? Yeah. Okay, it sounded like Sarah. Like I thought it was the roommate at first, and then it sounded mm-hmm. like Sarah at one point, so... But anyway, so you have that voice, and and the Terminator hears it. Like, he definitely hears it. Yeah. He's in the room when that happens. And so I just like the way that that interacts with the later movies, too. Yeah. Something else that is consistent throughout the movie, and I just love, is the complete disregard that both Reese and the Terminator have for machinery. They just, like, like, they, like a gun runs out of ammunition, they just drop it. Um, when Arnold pulls up to the first Sarah Connor's house, and he, he crushes a toy truck... Um, neither one of them have any regard for machinery in the slightest. It yeah. has no value for them whatsoever, um, which is not true. Like just like we just said, guard him for me. She wants she wants her her machine guarded. Yeah. So the the present people are very much more concerned. God damn, English is hard at this time of morning. Uh, the People in the present are much more concerned about their machinery than that's, people from the future. That's one of the things that I did <laughs> think was... Including listening to your Walkman <laughs> while having sex. Please go ahead. I'm sorry. They both ran to that, though, Mac. Like, yeah. Yeah. But even then, it was just like... It was... Dude, <laughs> I don't care how, like, um, TMI... Music is definitely involved in this act of sex, but it's not... Sex is a thing you share. You don't fucking listen to your Walkman. Like, hold on, babe. I'm gonna come, but I want to hear the end of this podcast first. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's not. Is that I, not what we were supposed to be doing? Is that not how it's supposed to work? Well, no. Oh, if you if you need to listen to the end of the podcast, you just you know you put it on the speaker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the headphones where it disconnects from me. Because you want to share. <laughs> Sex is about sharing. If you can only reach the physical act of love while listening to Serial, just let everybody listen. (laughs) If you can't handle your wife, it's cool. I'll take her. (laughs) Um, Damn it, Macula. Yeah, I brought out Macula early today. Um, My boyfriend is also clearly not good at sex. No, like the, the, yeah. the dirty talk he does over the time? phone. Yeah. <laughs> the dirty talk he does over the phone is very like one-sided as well. I kind of want 
want a movie about him. <laughs> like, I love that he does all of this, like, phone sex with Sarah, and then he's like, oh shit, Sarah, I'm so sorry. And then she gives the phone to her roommate, and he just is like, bam, right back Same into it. Sex. Hey, phone that sex. actor, I like that actor so much. And, and like, he, like, their immediate thought is, oh, this guy's kind of a douchebag. But then, like, when he meets Sarah on the step, he, like, gives her a hug and kisses her on the head in a completely not creepy way. Mm-hmm. And like, when he realizes what he did, he's very apologetic. Yeah. You know, like, like, he's not... Just, like, big dick threatening sexual energy all over the place. Yeah, well, and even, like, she's laughing, so it seems like, like, she is clearly comfortable with him, like... Yeah. They have, they had good chemistry, like, Mm -hmm. they felt like good friends. They felt like better friends than she and her roommate did, honestly. Um... Again, I think Gail and her wrote these scenes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... Her roommate didn't like her lizard, and I think that made me not like her roommate. <laughs> that was a free Roman li- lizard. That was a free Roman lizard. Though. That's a free Roman lizard. And the, it, like when Linda Hamilton's holding the lizard and like hugging it, and when the lizard has this look on his face, like I love you, Linda Hamilton. <laughs> I was like, that is, that, this is either a puppet or the it greatest lizard puppet. actor that ever lived. No, that's just I have a I, I so I have a. Uh, baby bearded dragon now they just fucking make that face that's great like you hold them and they're like you're the best and they're like oh I, I love you little mm. lizard and it's weird it's weird I am strangely attached to this fucking lizard yeah yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that face is oh you're warm mm. I don't think they can emote like I don't think the dragon's mouth moves other than to open. Mm-hmm. I think that's just what their face looks like. It's just cute and loving. <laughs> Fucking lizards. <laughs> that is a free roaming lizard though. And I used to whenever I was a kid, my I don't know why, but my stepdad got me an iguana. And I remember the conversation that led up to this where he was like, "Hey, do you want an iguana?" And I was like, "No, I want a kitten." <laughs> and then I came Which, home. Go ahead. From school. Hey. Do you want me to go ahead or do you want to I talk? Do. Go okay. ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I came home from school and I saw... Oh my God, Mac. <laughs> Put the flag up that I'd like to talk next. And I saw a fish tank in my bedroom window and I was like, well, that's fucked up. And I got in there and discovered there was a terrarium housing an iguana in my bedroom. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, I got you an iguana. And I was like, cool, where's my fucking kitten? <laughs> So then I had this iguana that was also an escape artist and could just get out of his cage all the time. And I would regularly wake up to him, like, crawling on top of me while I was in bed. And uh, he scared the shit out of me. He didn't like me. He whipped me with his tail constantly. Iguanas are assholes. They are. Mac? Uh, If we remember from Star Trek The Next Generation that uh, cats are actually evolved iguanas. In that episode where everybody oh, evolved, they, the cat was, uh, they found the cat and it was a gecko. You know what? I can see that because cats are also always looking for the warm spot. Speaking, Speaking of, of the- Science Corner. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I, I do have a Terminator related oh, okay. question. Would that exploding truck melt all of the flesh off the Terminator? Like cleanly to the point where all we have is an exoskeleton? Uh, you know, gas fires burn awful hot. But I would really be surprised if there wasn't some desiccated tissue That's what I was, remaining. Yeah, on, like, yeah, I could definitely see a change there, but like just completely clean off. That is a very good question. I want to go back to the answering machine because Stan Morsky probably made the best decision of his life blowing off their date. He did. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear his story a little bit. Like. <laughs> 
<laughs> what does he think after all this? Actually, actually, I wonder if he saw the news. Sarah Ann Connor and Sarah Connor are dead. And he was like, you know what? I'm staying home. Yeah. I don't need to go out on a date with Sarah Connor tonight. <laughs> it's like, this just seems weird. Donna, I want to call you out. Uh-oh. Because I've read the first part of your novel that you're working on with the accidentally dead roommate who was killed instead of the main character. That that novel has has gone into the trash heap of, of forever. Oh, God damn it, Donna. The trash yeah. heap of forever. Then there's a title. Yeah. I think that's, that's just the, the name novel. of the of yeah. Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. Of the trash heap of Fraggle Rock. But yeah, no, you're correct. And 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 Ryan will will look me in the face and go, "You fringed her." And then I'll go, "But I didn't." And then Ryan will say, "But you did." And then you I'll did. go, "Okay." <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't know that that novel is ever being resurrected again. The other novel is is seeing life Good. sometime very soon this year. I'm determined. Did you guys notice that uh, Sarah Connor's name was on a different? part of the phone book every time somebody looked it up. Not all the pay phones updated their phone books. I guess. <laughs> also, this is also to keep in mind, this a lot of the outside shots, it was very guerrilla filmmaking because Cameron didn't have permits, so they were probably basically Ed Wooding it like, okay, you gotta do this, like, do it that's, really fast. That's interesting, because one thing I noticed, particularly in the tech noir scene, was how very white this L.A. is. Um, yeah. Almost as white as Sunnydale. <laughs> um, there's an awful lot of white people yeah. in L.A. in James Cameron's Terminator. Awful lot of white people going to a club called Tech Noir in 1984, though. That... That checks. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I will give you that. Yeah. But yeah, just a little interesting fun fact. It's kind of, I think, ties in with your your phone book. No, because all the phone books, whenever they show them looking at it, it's all extreme close-ups where you only see the phone book page and their hands. So they they, they could take their time on that. They're, that, that that's an extreme close-up. But it was like, one time it's on the left side of the page, one time it's on the right side of the page, and then the other time that it's on... At one point, it clearly has to be on the same side of the page, but then it's like way in a different part of the page. And I was just like, did you literally print up like three different phone books? Why would you not... Or is this a real phone book? Is this a legit phone book? That you just have three different ones of with Sarah Connor. <laughs> there are some very angry women named Sailor, Sarah Connor in L.A. in 1984 when this was released. Like, fuck, that's my actual address. It's like Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be such a bland name that there wasn't like a like. I'm sure the the legal department would be like. There's actually 20 Sarah Connors in L.A., so it's fine. <laughs> it's all right. We're good. I mean. Somebody might try to kill four or five of them, but we'll catch him before he gets into the teens. <laughs> you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> uh, I mentioned this on the recording. I'll, I'll leave it on the recording. If you want to know what I said, then you can Patreon us. Yeah. You can just cut that all out. It's very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I do like how the exposition is handled in this during big action pieces just because that is a lot of information to give the audience but it can come off very boring in the fact that Mm -hmm. you're doing it while all this is going around like I I dig that right if that was done it can't come off as really boring (laughs) it was done in the uh, like the uh, 
the water, the rain drainage thing where they're doing the dressing. Yeah. That, that would have been much more boring. But it's done like an A-plus car chase, not just run-of-the-mill car chase. Like, French Connection-level car chase mm-hmm. is, is good. I have an opinion it's question fine. for you. I actually didn't like the exposition. I, I have a note on here that says it's a clever but lazy way to exposit to us. Do you think we were supposed to think Reese was a threat? No. I think two do- tries to play that. Who is the threat and who is the protector? Thing. Until they spoiled it in the trailer and sure. But um, two is more interested in, mm-hmm. in, in in that ambiguity than this. Do you think is. the the viewer was supposed to know that Reese was a good guy? Almost from the beginning. Well, because it, it plays the cards that Arnold's definitely not a good guy. True. So fast that I don't think you could reasonably make the argument. You could make the argument that they're trying to say that both of them are bad. Mm-hmm. But that becomes a very muddled story at that point. Okay. But we've got the text crawl in the beginning about the, the Terminator and the soldier from the future. Yeah. And we have... Arnold is very clearly the soul, the Terminator. Okay, and so fair. we have like we have to fill in that blank, and we have the answer from the beginning. Yeah, because I mean, you see when it, I mean the clothing scenes. Just look at that. Arnold kills one the guy. Yeah. Reese just basically is like, seriously, I'll give you a hand job. Just give me your pants, kind of thing. Because he doesn't kill the guy. I don't know if that's exactly what happened. Because it clearly he stole the pants. Well, I, like, it's, like, maybe he offered let's, let's, let's the take, hand job. Yeah, let, I don't think he offered the hand job because, as we see in the the women from your time scene, uh, <laughs> Reese is confused by sex. No, no, no. I, it's, I agree. It's just one of those. Just it's right. more. He's confused by male female sex. Do you think this is like a war boy situation? What boy? Honestly, like having seen the future scenes, yes. But there was a girl. She got shot. She got blown up. I think there was one girl and like fifty dudes. There's a couple <laughs> girls in the base, right? No, I saw one. She got blown up. Okay. But he had his photograph. He was fine. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but there's a negotiation with Reese getting the pants as opposed to a well, taking of the right. pants. It's an it, interesting it, definition of negotiation. Well, it's, it's mugging. Clear. Yeah, <laughs> mugging is the word I would use to describe. All right, the guy's alive. The All guy right. is alive. After that, happens. Reese will not use lethal force. Yeah. Whereas the Terminator uses it from the get go. I'm going to have to still pop. leave a homeless man pantsless. <laughs> Long John's on Ryan. He it's a was war. Fine. There has to be sacrifices made. <laughs> One of like the signs of the changing times. If you mugged a yuppie and took their pants, I would have no problem. <laughs> <laughs> so thirty-five years ago, apparently, like the the hated people were the homeless. <laughs> so I think we've gotten better, at least in that way. Little. Well, I don't know. Terminator Genesis. He takes the pants again. So I don't like, think it recreates that scene. They recreate that like scene. Corey, still, I'm sorry. He still, he still uh, mugs and takes the homeless man's <laughs> And not in a good way. Yeah. Oh, uh, he tries. Jay Courtney, he tries. What? This in, is... in the remake of Terminator, Jay Courtney plays Kyle Reese, and he is just way too big to be Kyle Reese. Uh, he's I'm a big muscular. Picture. I'm he's Jay Cap- Courtney. He's Captain Boomerang from Suicide Squad. Ew. Or the guy that got killed in Spartacus. And he's in one of the diehards as Bruce Willis's kid. The last one. Most yeah. recently. I'm um, so upset by this news. Kyle Reese is so hot and he's not my type. He's okay. just... I, I think with Kyle you need that level of scrawniness. Like Anton mm. Yelton 
in yeah. salvation. Like, I think that is a perfect, mm-hmm. you know. He plays a good young Kyle. Uh, right. Right. But you're still needing, yeah, you're needing that. Right body type. Yeah. When I first saw the ads for the remake of Terminator, the reboot of Terminator, I guess would be a better way to put it, I assumed that Jay Courtney was playing the Terminator. Because oh, yeah, that's a, he's so big. Yeah. But like, he's too big to be Kyle Reese. But at any rate, they did it anyway. So I pretty much stopped taking notes after the Techmore scene because I just really enjoyed this movie. So Donna, yes, nonsense here, but so as we've it's been well established that this is your your favorite film. Mm-hmm. Yet, two doggos die in this film. That's a shenanigan level. <laughs> they so do. Please. They do. <laughs> do they? Yeah, they yeah, do. When the in the flashback or the flash forward, um, when Kyle is. Or when whatever somebody a Terminator attacks a settlement, and but he lets them live for so long. He's shooting up yeah. the place, and the dogs keep barking. So what you're saying? Up the place. And how did Kyle get out of that situation? It looks like everybody in that tunnel was fucked. Yeah, Kyle has been. I mean, I like that with the flashbacks with Kyle. He's in a inescapable situation, and then he wakes up. Like that's not because the same thing when he's getting crushed. Uh, on the first flashback that was for whatever his photo photo secret lover burns and then he's like no I'm getting out of here so I have I have two things to say in response one is I was very sure you were going to have this exact conversation with me at the time it happened and and two Terminators are bad and that's why the doggos were killed because Terminators are bad okay I just I just I, I just wanted to point he let the one live though yeah he did but but Donna, I, guess I, I guess I just totally zoned, like, did not pay, like, did It was want... kind of off camera okay. where you heard them barking, you heard them barking, and then you heard one of them yelp, and... Yeah. I mean, it's I not like know. you actually see it, but it's more just, I have to... How you do it while... I don't know if it was society my... society is on yeah. set. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was my speakers, but it felt to me like the sound mixing was really, really bad on this movie. And so I had a really difficult time tracking some of the sounds. That must have been the speaker, so I thought it, yeah. it's one of those really yeah. great sound engineered movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's a bummer. During the doggo scene, Betsy and I's exact experience was Betsy said, like, oh, they're not going to kill the dogs. That's nice. And then, yelp! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like perfect timing. Oh, Betsy. <laughs> oh. Do you remember the, the movie, is it Jack the Giant Slayer with uh, that kid from Skins? This is the worst description I could have given of this movie. It's uh, R from Warm Bodies. Oh, Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt, yes. Yeah. The, the Jack the Giant Slayer. He's in something now. Uh, Tolkien? Yes. No, thank you. Because, yeah. because Thank you. Because I saw his image and I was like, I know that kid. I know that kid. That, but I couldn't figure out who he was. Okay, now I know who he is. Um, he... Uh, so he was in that movie, Jack the Giant. I don't know if it was called Jack the Giant Slayer, but it was about Jack and the Beanstalk. And there's this whole thing with these pigs where the giant's going to eat these pigs, like cook them alive, so far as you can tell, as far as I could tell. And then the movie, not just with that scene, but repeatedly goes to great lengths to show you, no, the animals lived. And I have always really appreciated the movie for being like, no, look, these pigs are okay. They're, they're fine. Look at them running away and fleeing. We're good. They're good. Um, so, 
as I was watching this movie, I thought that it would be really interesting to see the version of this movie where it never answers the question if Reese is crazy or not. If we could just pull back a little bit, which honestly maybe could have done the movie some favors <laughs> on these Terminator special effects. Yeah. So we just, because like, honestly, like, Arnold, when he, before all of his flesh melted off, was fucking horrifying. That was amazing. Yeah. I loved it. But so if we could just leave it there, don't go further than that, and give us a death more like in Terminator 2 when it melts into the silver, um, not silver, whatever the fuck it was, um, that's not how silver acts, <laughs> um, then uh, you could have no Terminator body and leave... Sarah not sure if mm-hmm. Reese was telling the truth. Because even the worst psychologist in the history of the world said something along oh, the lines... Oh, Dr. Silberman. Oh, he's so bad. Uh, he's possibly worse than Michael Myers' doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we the talking... Only, the only thing... Yeah, yeah, there's that. The only thing... They armed Loomis. They didn't arm Silverman. Loomis, Loomis, yeah. Okay. But they must have gone to the same school. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, they're classmates. <laughs> the Dr. Pretorius School of Bad Medicine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? I'm even going to say Numis because here's the thing. At least Numis had a goal, but this guy was just like, oh, yeah, dude's fucking batshit. Lol. Like, he's the worst <laughs> doctor ever. Um, but, so, but, but he says... He has that line about uh, Reese's delusion being so genius because it needs no proof. And I I really, really kind of want the version of this movie where that is the case. Mm -hmm. Where you get to the end and you're like, I don't... And, and like, Sarah has to make that choice. Do I believe Reese? Or do I continue on? It's interesting because that'd be more like a Twilight Zone episode. I think that would have pushed it a little bit more towards horror for me. Or twice, like we yeah. uh, maybe. Um, it's interesting that Harlan Ellison is credited only in the home video versions of this because he was not credited in the theatrical version. He sued Cameron because he viewed that it was a ripoff of his Outer Limits episode Soldier, although it also has elements of Demon with a Glass Hand. I want to say the title is. So he ended Thank up you for saying that, because I watched it on Netflix, because I could yeah. not find my fucking copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably lent it to somebody. Maybe I did. And when that credit to Harlan Ellison popped up, I was like, I would have noticed that before. Yeah. That, that really kind of confused me. It's a later on credit that Cameron's not happy about, because mm-hmm. Harlan Ellison, science fiction author... And I feel like I can say this now because he is—he died—he died in the last year. One of the more litigious creative forces in all of sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he—he—he he, he published a whole book about how Gene Roddenberry was an asshole to him. <laughs> it's a pretty good book. <laughs> There's a level of just like. Not bitterness, but that I appreciate from Harlan Ellison. Just like, yeah, I don't know. There's just there's a little bit of a level. The the other thing, the ending they almost went with was uh, the at that morning, and uh, Sarah's being taken away to the hospital for whatever injuries, and they're body bagging up Michael Bean, and the camera pans back. And the building they were just in was Cyberdyne Industries. Yeah, it's on a deleted scene. I want to yeah, say. On a DVD. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that, that was the last be, shot. That, that was the cool. first. Yeah. That would have been. 
But I also think going the way that they did gives Sarah Connor the full hero's arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it more effectively. I would like to say everything about this movie. Like, I feel like one of the things that this movie does really well is it's an incredibly good time loop. And it's probably one of the first really good time loops we get in, like, a um, mass... Dis, like distributed story. That was a terrible sentence. I'm so sorry that I made you hear those words. <laughs> um, but um, I think that having that be a cyberdyne building would have only enforced that because you've got the right. picture. Like you've got yeah. so much that fulfills this time loop thing. I, I, I wish they'd left the cyberdyne thing in. And they, and they implied that in the sequel, obviously, because cyberdyne then has. Possession of the, hand the remains the of the chip yeah. and everything, and, and are able are trying to reverse engineer. It's see, in the I, early '90s since the last time I saw Terminator Two. See, and so. I like though that the sequel does that. Like yeah. it does. Like Cameron didn't abandon the idea. He just thought the moment he ended with was the stronger for the right. movie. Well, I, actually, it's because because the, the situation for Sarah at the beginning of Terminator 2 is what you've described, where they have basically denied everything she saw, that that there was no evidence whatsoever that, that, it had, that there had been a machine there. Yeah. Um, and so she kind of finds herself in the situation of having to defend what she believes without any proof. From Dr. Silverman again. Yeah. From yeah. Dr. Silverman, yeah. yeah. Fucking God. And he, shows up the, <laughs> and he shows up in the third one, and he, he's a believer at that point. He's like, sometimes you just see crazy things. Things that can't be real. <laughs> I, uh, I like with that police scene, they t- say there's 30 cops in the building, mm-hmm. and you hear 30 gunshots. Oh, I want to talk about that. Go ahead. Oh, that, 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 gunshots. Yeah, that was, it was just more just the meticulous nature of I've, Cameron. I've never uh, noticed that. Um, Did you count? Billy did. <laughs> no, no, but it was, we've seen this movie so many times, and we both love it. And it was one of those, as we're watching it, you know, we're both looking at things, things we've noticed. And, and it's totally a Cameron thing. And it's, yeah, and it's totally a Cameron thing. That somebody, there, there was probably an early version that had 33 or so yeah. bullets, and Cameron was just like, turn the table. Yeah. Like, he, you he, fuckers better get this right. Okay, so I like that, except when I think about the fact that that first Sarah Connor that we watched him shoot, he shot like 47 times for yeah. no good goddamn reason. I had that note down to like I think you got her right. <laughs> you shot her in the head and then you shot her stomach a bunch of times oh. you guys it's not like it That's showed it all the while no but it was beautiful because because first his, his gun is up at head level and then it drops because so she, she's on the ground because she's yes, dead because no, she hit the floor low. But it doesn't I show... I think you even show... It shows the laser on the stomach. It might have. Point. I just might not have caught the significance of that. No, that's that's some good, good, good... Some Game of Thrones Shay shit right there. Yes. <laughs> that's just... Oh, this... Okay. It's a lot of foreshadowing. scan her and tell if she was pregnant? He doesn't have extra vision. Oh, hey, fun fact. X-ray vision doesn't do a goddamn thing. Because that's not how x-rays actually work. I'm um, taking an astronomy class. Also... <laughs> She, she probably was not even pregnant at that point right. because she hasn't been Kyle yet. In the, I don't think the Terminator knows Kyle's the father. No, I don't. No, think I, but Kyle the, doesn't even know he's the father. In the factory, after she and Kyle have slept, chances are that sperm hasn't made it to the fallopian tube yet, so she's not pregnant. All of my sex ed courses from high school tell me that all you need to do is kiss somebody and you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so she she is not she is it not happens. pregnant 
instantly. She is not pregnant by any definition of the word at this point. She simply has sperm in her. Well, he just needs to destroy the ovaries. Like he's just like not only oh god, not only is this not <laughs> hap- like not only am I making sure that anything in there is dead, but I'm also making sure that if somehow you live through this, that is fucked. I don't know why I'm motioning to Ryan like he's the one with the ovaries. (laughs) Ryan, your ovaries are gone. Game Um, over. The question I have, and the conversation I really wanted to see, was between Kyle and John, and like just John's emotional struggle with like, do I give this creepy guy? Because he must have been creepy in the future. No. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. I give him my mom's photo to whack off to. <laughs> oh, God. For 15 years. Wait, and wait, wait. go back and be my dad. Or, I have or, a question or, about this, actually. Is it more... Go ahead. Is it... No, you, yours is funny. So you or is it more banal? Like, Kyle, we think you're doing a great job here with the, the resistance and everything, but have you met my mother? <laughs> <laughs> Have you met my mom? Here's here's my question. My father. It's John's favorite game. Have you met my mom? (laughs) Did or the the darker question here is was Kyle groomed from a very young age for this? Yeah. Or or was John Connor distributing copies of that same photo to every dude in the resistance? Like, well, one of them's gonna really take to this photo, and I think that's our guy. But like, like the way that he talks about, like the fact that he was given that picture and stuff, I think that he was groomed. For, yeah. Like I think as soon as they figured out who Kyle Reese was, mm. they were just like, we need to make this happen. But also, John Connor knew from a young age that his father was Kyle Reese, and then he's, he sees the seventeen-year-old kid in the infantry, Kyle Reese. I'm like, he's with me. He's coming with me. That's, yeah, because I mean, that, yeah, John he, Connor is older than Kyle. Yeah. yeah, and he takes and he makes sure Kyle stays alive to do this mission. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm still just stuck on the image of of going. Oh, you're a handsome man. Here, here's my mother's picture. I want, I want your genetics. We have a uh, very specific mission for you. You need to strip my mom. <laughs> Operation. Don't worry, it's in the past, she's young, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Oh my god, okay, so back on my dark train of thought here. Is he, like, did John keep him a virgin so that he could fuck his mom? <laughs> like, oh it's Michael Bean, so chicks are into him, and so John Connor's just swatting away from Cock-blocking. Like, yeah. That's, that is a epic level yeah. of cock-blocking. Like, 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 you, you, lady, over here. Do not fuck him. That's my mom's friend. <laughs> Do not fuck him. <laughs> Imagine a scene where Kyle's about to go back with his clothes on, and they go through and they find a condom in his wallet. Like, no organic matter. None. <laughs> What's your statement to Big MacGuffin? Is that it really organic matter could have come through? Yeah. And it's like, no, no. No, and he tried to bring a condom. They took it all away. <laughs> or, or, or he's like starting to make out with the chicken. John's there. He's got the photo, and he's just like puppeteering it nearby. Like, <laughs> why? Why, Kyle? Why are you doing this? Don't you love me, Kyle? <laughs> oh, oh, my oh, gosh. Poor Kyle. No faith in what we made. So that totally took me off of the thing I wanted to talk about with the 30 gunshots. Uh-huh. We'll come back to that because I have other things about the police. Um... So one of the one of the other reasons that I kind of have a problem with Sarah Connor as a character, but it's also an interesting thing that they do throughout the movie, so uh, um, is the um, softness of the world of her world versus Kyle's, because essentially she has to be the stand-in for how soft this world is, because at every almost every moment she's like, 
oh, this thing. And then Kyle's like, but where I'm from, we sleep on the bones of the dead. <laughs> and then Sarah's like, oh, yeah. What are the women in your time like? I can't get with them because my boss keeps wanting to bang his mom. <laughs> I'm like, good fighters. They've all been told not to fuck me. <laughs> uh, I can't get the fucking time of day from any of those bitches. Man. Oh my. I can't with all of y'all right now. I am, I am broken. I am so broken at this moment. The thing I really love about Sarah um, is the line, do I look like the mother of the future? I can't even balance my checkbook because that is so my life. <laughs> I relate to that so much as someone who's like trying to put shit together. Same, so same. But also, does Kyle know what a checkbook is, or did she just spout some gibberish to him? Hey, Kyle's been spouting gibberish to her. <laughs> you know what? It is tit for tat at that point. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> John Connor's gone, and I'm gonna get laid. I was honestly his first opportunity. Yeah. I have a question. Why isn't John Connor blonde? Because Eddie Furlong was really big in the 90s, Donna. Because uh, Brown Hair's Bale dominant. was pretty big in the Yeah, but, mid-2000s. but Sarah's an ash blonde. and That is not her natural hair color. Okay, but that's what we see. But it's not. It's not. Like, I don't, like... I don't think it is ever fair to assume that anything is anybody's natural hair color. I legitimately thought my mother was blonde for my entire life. Mm-hmm. It might and not be Kyle's was, either. It was <laughs> only recently that I was like, oh. Like, I was like, you dye your hair, Mom? And she was like, uh, yeah. And I was like, what, what? My whole life is a lie. 2029, they're in the time displacement chamber, and he's got all the hair dye stuff. On. I'm like, you ready, Kyle? Almost. It hasn't set in yet. <laughs> But remember, nothing or nothing inorganic. <laughs> Why isn't he bald? I mean, your hair is dead tissue, right? Yeah, but it is organic yeah. tissue. But isn't everything organic? Like, doesn't organic just mean it has fucking carbon in it? The tissue. It's a little more complicated than that, okay. but... About the police station, uh, I don't need to <laughs> award the Paul Winfield Award in this movie because Paul Winfield is there dying for the white people. <laughs> to accept his what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to accept this award on behalf of myself. I want to thank Mac for... <laughs> right, for creating the award and acknowledging that I made a whole career out of dying for white people in science fiction movies. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Um, Oof. But so one of the cool things about the softness of this world is the way that they keep... When you say softness, I'm, I'm losing you there. What, what do you mean by softness? The threat of this world. Gotcha, okay. I didn't know if it was like soft colors no, or, no. or an aesthetic or something. Okay. Like, well, I mean, like, but there is that too, there though. Is. Because you get that contrast of this is each of their worlds. Yeah, pretty... our world is in color. Jo- uh, Reese's world is very monochrome. And and she's wearing pink, and her hair is almost like feathers. Well, it's Whereas 84. He's, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's it's beyond feathered. Yeah, if Kyle lived for 48 hours in the future, his hair would be feathered too. <laughs> um, and and he's, he's in monochrome gray. Yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah. But also, so it starts out with um, the Terminator going to the punks on the bridge or whatever. 
and it's like here's a thing that most people consider to be intimidating and he does he gives no fucks about it and it just just kills them and then you go to the gun shop and it's like here's a thing that people find more intimidating than the last thing but he just shot this guy and doesn't give any fucks about it mm-hmm. and then you go to the and, and it's like the police station and even the cops are like there's 30 cops in this building it's gonna be okay and it's like you have this place that should be safe and and fortified and he goes in and gives no fucks about it and they just keep like here's everything that you think is safe or dangerous and the terminator is slowly and methodically upping the ante with each one and killing it Mm -hmm. it's also just like the actors too in all these scenes like bill paxton very beginning dead terminator killed him Dick Miller, great character actor. Yeah, and these are all, no, like, people. Huge actors. Yeah, you know them. Like, you see them on screen, and you're like, yeah. oh, this guy. But at that point, you don't, when the movie came out. Yeah, that's true. Did yeah. you know Dick Miller? Gremlins came out that same year, so he was in stuff, but he hadn't. But I had assumed that he'd been around longer than that, because well, he he's been around my entire life, but he, I guess you're right. Yeah, he was around, but he, he was a character actor. He, yeah. He, yeah. Then Lance Henriksen basically dies off screen. Yeah, and he like, runs out into the hallway, and you don't see anything else. You hear the gunshots. He's definitely dead. That fucked me up. I was like, "Oh, they just killed the wow." Okay. Yeah, I kept looking at him like he's huge. This was after Alien, so mm-mm, mm-mm. this is Alien. Uh, Aliens was eighty six. This is eighty four. Oh, Terminator was and basically they there was a delay starting filming this because Arnold had finished Conan the Destroyer and the. Cameron still wanted to keep working, so he took the writing assignment for Aliens. Huh. Nice. I just like that Cameron does, like, a very theater troupe thing. Like, you will see certain yeah. actors, like, pop up. Um, Bill Paxton and Lance Henriksen are two perfect examples. We should look at wrapping up. Okay. Cool. I have... I just want to give a shout-out to Stan Winston and his awesome special effects, because it's Stan Winston, and... He's amazing, and I like that he had a robot uh, not, made to yeah. do... Not uh, so much the stop motion, but later on the actual puppet that's like yeah. crawling. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. Yeah. Well, and he did, and I mean... The stop did, motion doesn't age great. Right. No, so I'm not talking about the stop motion. I'm talking about the actual robot animatronic he made for the eye scene. Like that yeah. is Like, that is an actual robot, and I mean, it's supposed to be Arnold's hands there. And it's just, it's... Him pulling out the eye is also just... Oh, yeah, like just, yeah. Oh, very yeah. Very good, gory scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle's real bad at throwing bombs. I'm more accurate with bombs in Mario Kart than Kyle is in this movie. <laughs> They're also, like, kind of loosey-goosey with the bomb safety precautions. Like, yeah. he's all like, hey, it's plastic. You gotta be gentle with it. And then, like... Right after that, he's just like, jam the bomb in the backpack. Jam the bomb yeah. in the okay, backpack. Okay, I have an answer for that, though. I do have an answer for that. It's when they are assembling the bombs. You don't want anything in the groove, any of the gunpowder in the groove mm-hmm. that can set it off. Once it's done and set and already been screwed on, fuck away. Just boom, jam, jam, jam. Don't no, fuck bombs, guys. Well, no, no. <laughs> we I, There was a discussion had about Because okay. I had the same... Hold out. All right. But it is a weird moment where it's like 20 seconds after he's like, careful. And then he's like, wham! Hey, he's expecting to be cogblock again by John That's Connor. That's true. He's like, expecting like John, John Connor to show up. I'm about to make it with the girl and John's going to show up and ruin everything again. <laughs> I hate these bombs and I hate my life. <laughs> That's why. Maybe that's why he was surprised because there was no John Connor going, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> spread it out, spread it out. He's two feet apart. Run for Jesus. 
brew for John. <laughs> Old JC, whatever his name is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. You okay there, Kinsey? I am not okay, but that is all right. <laughs> that is all right. How about Kyle on it? Because he, he talks about like how he doesn't know tech stuff. And I don't know. If we, did we talk about that in the video? Or we talked about it on the video. Yeah, yeah. He, even after he talks about all these specs for the term, he's like, I don't know tech stuff. And he's specifically talking about how he's not really sure how time travel works. Now, aside from just being Kyle Reese and being the destined daddy of John Connor, wouldn't you want to send somebody back who's a little aware of like how time travel might change things? Isn't that like a qualification for the time travel job? And then I go through this thought process and I think, am I volunteering for this job? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, if I were to yeah. send someone back in time, it would be Mac. For sure. If I had to send somebody back in time, no, it wouldn't be Mac. Who would you send back? It wouldn't be Mac because I feel like Mac would get there and then he'd be like, man, I don't know. It's going to suck anyway. Hey, I should go write this movie that hasn't been written yet. I should write Star Wars. Okay, so the accusation <laughs> is that given the gift of time travel, I would use it for plagiarism and plagiarism only. <laughs> you would write the movie, but better. Oh, uh, uh, like, good I, save. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I... Oh, shit, Mac, did you write Back to the Future? I think she's trying to say you'd Biff Tan in it. I think that's what she's trying to say. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um... I would fifth chan in it. <laughs> I don't know who I would send back in time. Because, like, I feel like... I don't know. This is a good poll question. If you could send anybody back in time, who would it be? My dad! Who's <laughs> <laughs> younger than me! <laughs> and can't ever have sex, ever. <laughs> but he um, must have been weird in the future, too. Like, he's weird in the present. But what if he's weird because he was groomed? Because he's yeah. basically been treated like a fucking nun. Yeah. But then, that, but then that makes the question, is Kyle then the MacGuffin? Interesting. Because he has no arc. He's just there. Linda Hamilton's, uh, Sarah Connor has a hero's arc. Yeah. She starts out not knowing. She learns as she goes. And then she ends up turning into the hero when Kyle dies. Yeah. Now, I mean, then that brings that. Would, is he the MacGuffin? Do I have to send a real person back in time? (laughs) (laughs) It can be a fictional person? It can definitely be fictional. And it can be Darth Vader. I kind of want to see that happen now. I need Darth Vader to go back in time. I will give him a list. And I will give him... I will tell him I will not hit fill the suit with water button ever again. <laughs> I have broken all of you now and I so don't So we care. sent Darth Vader back into his own past or into our past? Oh, our past. Our to, to arbitrate the Civil War is like, you know... Oh, I don't care. Jefferson Davis, you all. Lack of faith disturbs me. <laughs> Can I do it? I, I like my selfish thing. Like, what are we? What are we oh, wait, all, time for? Oh wait, he's all metal. That shit's not gonna work. You get to choose. No, no. Oh. 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 Yeah. Sorry, Adrian. Tara back in time to stop her own death from Buffy. Buffy. Yeah, but I could send Darth Maul because he's at least oh. half of them. I no, I'd send <laughs> I'd send full organic Maul, not chicken leg Darth Maul. <laughs> Sorry, this is all just some elaborate whatever I decide revenge thing. We're going to have to have a side bonus podcast about who would you send back in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this could take some time. Yeah. yeah, I have just really one more comment. Um, 
which is that I do not have claustrophobia, but for some reason I get sympathetic claustrophobia. And when she's crawling through that hydraulic press, it makes me so anxious. It, 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 ah, uh, it bugs me. See, I liked that scene because they're basically on the same footing. Mm-hmm. Like they are yeah. basically, this is when they are equals because it's, you know, she's been hurt, he's been hurt. Like they are, they're, mm-hmm. they're equals. Funny little early draft of the screenplay, uh, the Terminator is ripping open Sarah Connor's legs looking for pins because it knew that she had pins in her legs. And when they released the novelization, the whole reason she has pins in her legs is because she broke her leg during that scene. Mm. So the Terminator's looking for... Something that, hasn't, that he causes. Yeah. Oh, Interesting. Cool. Mm-hmm. They scant data, just pins and legs. Yeah. Named Sarah Connor, lived in L.A. Yeah. In 84. Yeah. So yeah, the, the lady he kills, that's one of the things. It's like their legs are ripped open because he's looking for the pins. One of the things I love about this movie, speaking of that last scene, is just like how much tension he just wrings out of everything and how good he does, Cameron does, introducing things before we need them. Like the dog at the hotel. They pet the dog. Kyle Bean makes friends with the dog. I mean, Kyle Reese makes friends with the dog and the dog alerts them. In that last scene, we see the button long before she presses it. And then when she's like going backwards, reaching around, trying to press it. We've seen it before, so it's not just like, where's the button? We know where the button is. She's not just blindly grabbing for something. Yeah, Yeah, she knows where it is, and so do we. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want a funny thing here. My husband and I were talking about um, how long after this movie, Terminator 2, came out, and uh, it became incredibly obvious that I was dating it by Eddie Furlong. And he was dating it by the look of the computer graphics. <laughs> and I was like, man, if this just doesn't say everything about us. <laughs> um, the only other funny thing I would add, every time Linda Hamilton breathless, breathlessly says, Kyle, I think of the Dungeon Dragon episode of uh, Community. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Thank you for being so respectful toward me. Which makes me think of the IT crowd episode about D&D. Please don't do this. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, anything else? Not before we get to the big three. Yeah. One question. Um, I came across time. I came across time for you. You, creepy? you crane across time? <laughs> across time. I came, I came across time for you. Creepy or romantic? Okay, so now when you My said it this creepy. last time, I just want to add that he he came across time for her, and he mm-hmm. came across he time came for her. Across <laughs> <time>. <laughs> that was pointed out in this last viewing of, that, we, that we did on Friday night. Um, it's not a good opening line. I mean, come with me if you want to live is a much better opening line. Yeah. I think. Oh, go ahead. Come with me if you want to live is such a good line. Yeah. I don't. I, I love that line. Especially after somebody's just trying to shoot her. Yeah. yeah. There's it some has context there. So much more power in Terminator 2 when it's the yeah. Terminator saying it and you. <laughs> okay, but we're talking about Terminator. So I think it's a romantic line. If somebody said that to me, those clothes would be off. I'm, I don't care. Well, I like especially it. Especially if it's Michael Bean. Yeah, especially if it's Michael Bean. He doesn't I, even get to that point. He yeah. just, even though he smells like homeless man. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> pretty much. But in but fairness, though, Reese is not my Michael B. Hicks is my Michael B. Fair enough. But I still think it's I think it's a fantastic no, line, and it's, yeah. Same. Michael Bean is not, I, I don't mean to say he's not an attractive man, because he, he empirically is an attractive man, but he's not my type. Nonetheless, my pants would have slid right off. 
It would have been all the just clothes would be off. There would not no. There would be in all the proper context. If he had opened with that line, be like, get away. No. In 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 that moment, in that context, yes. Because yes. I've used that line, but no, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like you thought. You know. I I don't like I don't my pant like if he'd been like I came across time for you. I think I would have been like, oh, that's a lot of pressure. I don't think I'm ready for this kind of commitment. Um, I. I Michael Bean is attractive, but it wouldn't... That would not get me to fuck Michael Bean. Um, if Klaus from Umbrella Academy said it to me... If Klaus from Umbrella Academy looked at you... Yeah, yes. context is king. She wanted to fuck him. It didn't matter what he said. If he said, sure. I'll got homeless man pants. <laughs> I would have done... Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Right before that scene, maybe 15 minutes before, Betsy said, like, wouldn't it be crazy if Kyle Reese... Was the father? <laughs> and I had to like, yeah. You know, crazy. Here's the thing. Oh, I actually, great face it. I sort of forgot because it had been so long since I saw this, and then I was like, oh, like, like there came a point where I was like, wouldn't it be? Shut the fuck up. You already know that's how this ends. <laughs> I just like though there is an advertising of that, like when she asked him. And under the bridge, you know, well, what does my son look like? And he's like, oh, he's about my height. And I'm just like shaking, like, you're fucking advertising it, Uncle Jim! Wah! <laughs> Uncle Jim? Oh, yeah, that's why I call James Cameron in my head. You're weird. I'm totally weird. <laughs> Adrian, this is Kenzie. Uh, Kenzie, this is Adrian. Adrian, were you here? No, you were here for Purse Alien. I wasn't here for Alien. Oh, you didn't meet Purse Alien. There's now Purse Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh. Okay. She has an alien in her purse. That's awesome. I have, I have snacks and a magic wand. I have, I have a child. Right. Once again, Adrian, you have a child. Those things, like, okay, yeah, no child here. Let's do the thing. Let's do the thing. Okay, Mac. Rule. You have our rule. Rule is an unlisted phone number is worth the extra money on your phone bill. I also had an alternate rule. I realized, don't call your mother. Right. Yeah. Third act, they, 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 you know, Kyle might have, you know, gotten laid twice if he if she oh, hadn't called. I think there was lots of sex that was had because that was a lot of mess up on the sheets. Like okay. the sheets were <laughs> maybe three times, four. Hey, if he's a virgin, I'm just saying that is a that's, a, that's <laughs> that is a quick recharge. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. He might be a bro. He's not a teenager anymore, though. <laughs> That's a lot of pent up. That's that's twenty one years of pent up sexual frustration. Are you saying that Connor didn't let him jack off either? I don't like, know. I don't know. That's Geneva I, Convention I, level stuff. I don't know. Here's a photo of a pretty lady, but don't touch it. I need, I need all wants, those little spermies. He wants to make sure all the sperm are there and yeah. accounted for. Because this is future, so there's radiation. He doesn't know which one it's going to take. That's going to make him live. <sighs> This is not the conversation I expected to be having about this movie. <laughs> Neither, Adrian. And I'm continually like bringing it back. It's like uh, we need to answer the questions our audience. <laughs> I'm so broken. I'm so broken. Rule. Rule. Uh, uh, quote Ryan. Uh, fooled you, you're talking to a machine. Alright. I just love that. I love the, the whole yep. answering machine. I think the machine's good stuff. And I have our poll. 
What do you think the Terminator would have done if he thought he succeeded in his mission when he killed Sarah's roommates? That Sarah hadn't called, and he thought Ginger was Sarah. I think he would have gone on a killing spree. I think once his mission was over, he would have been like, I'm just going to take out all of them I can until I'm, I'm done. But somewhere in there, he would have learned that Sarah wasn't dead. Or he would have had instructions to hook up with Cyberdyne systems and be the yeah that would have been good the prototype for everything to speed him along basically yeah. okay report yourself to Cyberdyne systems I like that better never mind I take Max okay. and I went first so it was me <laughs> I would have thought there'd be a, so he's his primary target is Sarah Connor you must have secondary targets too there's other resistance leaders parents you could kill. True. Well, you're getting into some Terminator 3 stuff that Donna doesn't acknowledge because that's one of the things she does is she targets leaders. Yeah, she targets a longer list. Yeah. But Sarah Connor first. Well, yeah. For him. And then Ryan. Who's next? There's got to be someone next. And Cyberdyne, once he's finished killing. Bert and Sylvia Reese. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Yeah. Adrian? I, I, Reese's parents. Okay. Although, actually, I guess not, because I should sit up. I don't know how far away I am from the mic. Um, I don't know that he can kill Reese's parents, because nobody knows that Reese is... Good point. Uh, ...is John's father. True. True. Um, so... But if he identifies Reese as the soldier from the future, he can identify that that's Kyle Reese, so that just makes his job easier if he kills that the parents of that guy so he doesn't have to deal with him. Yeah, but it also seems like the thought... Like, I don't know that he has that kind of thought process. Like, can, can the Terminator logic that out? That's an interesting question, because yeah. in Terminator 2, they had to actually go in and do surgery on him to flip mm-hmm. a learning circuit in his brain. Yeah, so mm-hmm. could he could he logically, like, could he be like, okay, so that's Kyle Reese, let me go kill Reese's parents, or let me go kill Kyle's parents, or would it be like, that thing is dead now, moving on? Would he even know that Kyle is also from the future? That's why I think my main answer, just report to Cyberdyne for... Yeah, I think... Reverse engineering. My thought before you said that was he might just fucking power down somewhere because he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that's what I think. I think he powers down. I think, okay... I think he reports to Cyberdyne. Yeah. No, I think he powers down. I think mission accomplished. Maybe find a nice uh, foundation being poured somewhere and lay down in it. Yeah. There'd have to be some kind of self-destruct element because they don't want the Terminator technology being in human hands. They, well, they definitely human, want it to be in human hands. They want it to be in Cyberdyne yeah. hands. Yeah, yeah they don't yeah. want it in like, random human hands that sure. could develop something from the technology that could fight them. Yeah, see, I think I think it is a... I think it's just he shuts down and it does a self-destruct, so it's taking out the chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he walks to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> the only problem is why I, I, I don't see Skynet wanting the chip destroyed. But Skynet knows they're coming... Sky, if it's, but we are talking about a movie that is about a time loop, so part of the time loop could very well be him going to Paradise, or Cyberdyne yeah. and um, so that they can get the chip. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this movie is so much Bill and Ted. I, I, I mean, I almost see it, but the only problem, like I said, the only problem I have with that is that I don't see Sky, uh, Skynet giving a shit if the chip is destroyed or not. I think if it goes in the if it goes into the wrong human hands, I'm kind of. But what are the right human hands? The whole point of it is, once technology gets to a certain point, it's going to get self-aware and then want to destroy the humans. 
So I don't think that there are. I think Max right there too. I don't think there are wrong hands because for Skynet's purpose. Yeah, yeah, because it's sort of like this cookie will be eaten regardless of who gets it. It's all that all that needs to happen is that it is eaten. It's not like there's also Gandhi with a wrench out in L.A. It's like, no, I will make this to be a benefit for mankind. Well, and you can also make the argument that even if you do make it to be a benefit for mankind, that we don't know. Yeah, Yeah. because that's also a big thing in this, like, you know, AI takes over, is that I'm taking over for the betterment of humanity. You guys fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to do it, but they'll only hug. They'll be the Hugginator. (laughs) Everybody get in here. Group hug. <laughs> one thing we didn't talk about. At one point, they're like they made him look like the average man. <laughs> so like, did I? Am I not? And that's surprise, what, Ryan. <laughs> should I have like seventy I, more pounds of muscle? When Lance, I think you need to talk to James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, when Lance Henriksen had the role, that that was the line. Yeah, that would yeah. make a lot of sense. Yeah, not so much OJ. <laughs> OJ. Yeah, no, that's something that's always bugged me, too, is all you got to do is just not let anybody in who's, you know, 270 pounds of pure muscle, and you're fine. Are there any Austrian powerlifters outside? <laughs> we <laughs> should we don't have gyms anymore. <laughs> no, the T-800 becomes governor of the state of California. <laughs> <laughs> that's an inside job. That's actually what the Terminator did when he succeeded with his mission was he took over from the inside by being the governor of California. Yep. Yeah, I'm okay with this because he's so nice. (laughs) Like, if this is what the Terminator has done with his time after killing, after believing he's killed Sarah Connor, uh, cool. I mean, he's just giving people uplifting messages on Twitter and shit. Go him. He meets with state representatives in Sacramento. Give me your budget, your clothes, and your motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) It's like before or after he brings in the Conan sword with him. The lamentations of the women. <laughs> My Fitbit has gone off twice. Do we need to shut the fuck up? Yeah, we really do. We're at, we're at an hour and a half. Sorry, Donna, we did not go keep under your... Part of that was a bathroom break. Part of that was a bathroom yeah. break. And 40 minutes of it at least is a jizz joke, so... <laughs> <laughs> you okay. stick with what brought you to the dance, though. <laughs> you got <laughs> Did, we, did everyone get their chance at the poll question? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up then. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate your love and support. Uh, you can find us on all the social media. We are on Twitter at Beyond Cabin. We're on Instagram, uh, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. We do have a Facebook page, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. We do have a webpage, beyondthecabininthewoods.com. Uh, you heard us talk about the Patreon. So if you want to support us and see what our lovely faces look like and how we come about the rule poll and quotes, uh, you can support us on Patreon at Beyond the Cabin. We also have a couple sister podcasts and a brother podcast. Uh, first is Collective Snark, which is just, it's goodness. And then there is the 20th anniversary Buffyverse rewatch, Once More with Feeling. And then we have The Family Business, which is a supernatural rewatch. And we are part of the Gummy Cat Network. So thank you, Gummy Cats, for letting us uh, have our shenanigans there. And definitely check them out. They've got a lot of great stuff. Thanks, guys. Don't read the Latin. Kyle! (laughs) Do you know what horror is? 
Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.